2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: This is the Hometown Roofing Pomp and Pony Podcast. Presented by Hometown Roofing. Put your trust in us. And powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Here's Bob Pompiani from KDKA-TV and Andrew Filipponi from 93.7 The Fan. We have a special treat for you today on the Pomp and Pony Podcast. Bob Pompiani along with Andrew Filipponi, And Andrew, it's always great to talk to a man who is one of the legends in the game of football, and he's making news this week because Dick LeBeau is going to be the man to introduce Troy Polamalu into the Hall of Fame, and he's also the man who has, I don't know how he does it, but hes I think he's 83, he looks 43, and at the end of the program, I want some tips about how you remain looking so young. We'll do that later. How are you, Coach? I'm fine and dandy. Good to talk
1: to both of you.
0: Thanks, Dick well let's let's start with uh, the news of the week uh Troy Palamala put out an Instagram I don't know how active you are on social media <laughs> and dick but uh, it was an interesting one it was he and you on the field and he said hey put me in coach and your answer was I'd be honored and that was the indication that he had chosen you tell us about how that conversation went down
1: uh well my son uh, I have a son brandon uh, he's in his early 40s so he he does all my tech work and he, he showed me the, uh, the text. It was great. Uh, well, he
0: just, uh. So he hadn't talked to you before me. that came out. You didn't know?
1: Oh yes. Yes, I knew. Okay. But, but I thought you said, how that all come out? That was, <laughs> uh, came out from Troy and he yep. called me and said that he would, uh, like for me to present him, uh to the Hall of Fame, and I said, Troy, well, I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I would guess, I'm not sure, but it's probably about uh, 300 to 400 miles from Cincinnati to Cleveland. I'd walk to Cleveland, (laughs) Canton, Ohio, to uh, present you to the NFL. So that's how that came down. Wow. Wow. Um,
2: so based on that, Dick, uh, how long ago did he first approach you about this? Was it months ago? Was it weeks ago? Give us kind of a timeline on how this whole thing went down. If you could.
1: I think that should come from Troy.
2: Okay.
1: He, he just, uh, he let me know that, that he would like me to do it. And, uh, I told him that I'd be honored to do it. And I am honored. I am extremely honored. Uh, Troy is, uh, not only one of the very greatest NFL football players that ever stepped on the field, he's one of the very finest men that has, have ever played in the National Football League. Hmm. There's, wow. no,
0: there's no question about that. I think everyone who knows him would say the same. So, um, Coach, I want to ask you about coaching him because you know, you're looked at as one of the great innovators of the game. And having a piece like Troy Polamalu <clears throat> at your disposal... At first, it took him a while to get on the field, right? That first year was kind of a, you know, kind of look-see, get acclimated. What did you see from him that made you think that you could utilize him in so many different ways?
1: Well, when I saw Troy, I, I was like a kid at Christmas, and you get up there on Christmas morning, and there's all these great presents <laughs> <laughs> laying around in a tree, and you start thinking, oh, man, look at all these things I'm going to get to play with. Uh I didn't, I didn't have Troy his very first year. Uh, he, he was, they traded up to get Troy and I'm pretty sure Troy was a junior when they drafted him. Uh, and that was in, uh, 2003. And I, in that season I I was in Buffalo and I came to uh, Pittsburgh in 2004 and Troy had been there one year. And, uh, As I got to see the players and meet them and and see their athleticism, the type of people they were. uh, I was very excited that we could have a a very, very good defense with this group of men. And uh, the guy who really, really caught my eye was was Troy because he could do so many things and do them so exceptionally Uh, from point A to point B. Uh, in my coaching experience, I only had uh, Carnell Lake, who was another great uh, Pittsburgh safety that ever uh, caught my eye in terms of quickness and reaction. Of course, Rod Woodson, who was in the Hall of Fame, uh, he was equally explosive, but he was a little bit of a, a bigger guy than than Troy. And uh, Troy uh, had the visual impact of, of quickness because he was a, a, a very solid, stocky player who could just accelerate, a great tackler in the quick speed. You know, and as a coach, you're thinking, geez, what can I do? Well, where do I want to put him? You know, yeah. He can do all these things. And it was a coach's dream. And then as I got to know him and know what kind of a man he is, and later on uh, as a husband and a father, uh, he's just an absolute coach's blessing, and you can coach forever and Mm -hmm. never, ever find a better man to coach or a more willing uh, student than Troy Palomala.
2: Tick, I'm wondering if you could expand on why you feel so strongly about him, not just as a player, but more so even as a person. What are the things about Troy that you can impart to our audience that would, you know, that makes you gush when talking about him as a as a person, even more so than a football player?
1: Well, I think I think everybody knows what a football player is, because he did that uh in front of millions of people every week. He mm-hmm. demonstrated that. But people uh, don't have the, the ability or the privilege of seeing him off the field and how he interacted with people and kids. Uh, but my favorite story when, when I'm asked a question like that about Troy is uh, the players have long days and their weeks are, are uh, spent uh, with a lot of physical exertion and uh, a lot of meetings, uh, a mental exertion. And uh, the one day of the week that they kind of get out of the facility fairly earlier is on Friday. And uh, they usually can get home in time to do some things, whatever they had not been able to do earlier in the week. And every Friday, every Friday, before Troy would go home and, and address uh, some of those family things that he could do, he would stop by the children's hospital in Pittsburgh and visit those kids in there, and, and built a lot of personal relationship with a lot of uh, patients in that area. But uh, that's always been a made a tremendous impression to me. I know there are a lot of guys that do a lot of things with their time, uh, but Troy, I'm saying it was. Every Friday, that's what he did.
0: It's amazing, and the thing about him, he is Andrew. We've covered a lot of people, and you know sure. this 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 day and age of sports, it's all it's a lot of me, 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 mm-hmm. coach. You know, and uh, it wasn't going out
2: in social media. It wasn't in front of the cameras, Troy.
0: Right? No, he was one of those guys who just didn't want it. Yeah. Now he's still. Was very good at endorsing shampoo, which I'll get to in a second. And conditioner, and conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> but um, seriously, that's that's a unique quality too, isn't it? I mean, you you reigned, you have to deal with so many egos. I imagine as a coach, and, and it's I guess it would be refreshing to have his, or lack of his.
1: I, I love that shampoo commercial and, the, and what they've done with that company. And, and Troy is perfect for it. He, he, I saw a, a recent update of it, which was great. With <laughs> he, Patrick
0: Mahomes? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's super.
0: Do you have any hair stories
1: about him? <laughs> My favorite hair story about Troy Palomalu comes from Myron Cope. Uh It was early, fairly early in Troy's success, and he was demonstrating what was going to become an all all pro hall of fame career and Myron who is iconic <clears throat> excuse me in Pittsburgh we all loved him mm-hmm. he was uh he was electro- electric in his uh, broadcasting skills and the way he was totally unique we used to have a uh, a highlight session on the radio after the games where they Myron would, you know, take two minutes with a coach or a player or something like that. And so I was on there one time with him early in Troy's career, and Troy had had a great game. And he said, uh, Coach, Bo, he always called me Bo, and you remember Myron's mm-hmm. voice. Do you think that Troy Palamalu is hindered in me by that hair and wouldn't he be faster without that weight and that extreme hair sticking out of that helmet and i said myron i'm not sure how much that hair weighs but i don't think it weighs enough to slow him down very much but the only time that that was ever i think a disability to troy was uh, when he'd intercept the ball sometimes yeah. and he'd take off, the opponent uh, might use that hair uh, to grab Troy and get a hold of him. Uh, but I, that never bothered me because if anybody yanked on Troy's hair, that just aggravated him. <laughs> yeah. And when Troy got aggravated, somebody was going to pay, and that was usually good for the Steeler defense. So Dick. I I would hope they grabbed his hair. <laughs>
2: It's the hometown roofing pop and pony podcast powered by Bowser Chevrolet. How like, you you describe like him being aggravated? I don't know if you uh, would agree with this, Bob, but like he's always every time I've ever seen Troy talk, he's always been so soft spoken. Absolutely. Like I can't imagine him yelling and screaming and getting animated and worked up like that, even in the throes of a football game. Like just that side of his personality, I've never seen before, Dick. I'm sure maybe you saw that a few times where he'd flip out.
1: Well, I never really saw him uh, raise his voice that much, but I saw his uh, eyes start flashing around. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, you could tell that that uh, Troy was a little bit upset, and that meant that something good was about to happen <laughs> for us. Uh, I always talked a lot to our players that uh, uh, football is a very explosive game and, and it's a competitive game and it's a physical game. And and you have to get emotionally involved to play it well. But there's no reason that your personality off that field has to match what it is on the field. And it's a, it's a very simple, uh, focused attention matter to be a caring, abiding law citizen uh, off the field and to be a real aggressive, good defensive football player when you're on the field. And I think our guys did a, a good job of separating the two.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any question. You had a lot to do with that. You know, the, one of the things that I've talked to other players about, uh, Casey Hampton told me this uh, and a few others that Troy, despite his so soft personality and what you hear from him, mm-hmm. can be at times a really good trash talker on the field. Really? Yeah. I don't know if there's any truth to that, Dick, but I've heard it. Well,
1: I'd be definitely would be truth to it if Casey said it because <laughs> Casey's not going to. I'm not going to lie, I never heard Casey Hampton make tell a lie, but i tell you something that it does ring in my mind, that, that that name would follow the story on Troy getting mad. I always liked it when the opponent kind of riled up Casey, too, because he was, you know, a laid-back guy that you couldn't block. Nobody could really block him in the league. I never saw him blocked on mm-hmm. this, on a very uh, ready basis uh, throughout a game ever. Uh, But he really was special when he got riled up. And uh, I used to think in my mind, you know, maybe I should just pay somebody to go rile up Troy and Casey every Sunday morning. (laughs) We might get a few more plays. But they did okay the way they went about it, I would say, without me intermingling.
2: Dick, your relationship with not only Troy but the players on those defenses is renowned here in Pittsburgh. And I'm just interested in – all your years of playing football, and then once you got into the coaching ranks, you know where did you learn that from? The fact that your coaching style was so respected by the players here. Who do you credit, or who do you who did you um, I guess borrow from in order to become the respected defensive coordinator that you were?
1: Well, I was lucky enough to have a long playing career and to be exposed to some wonderful uh, coaches, great coaches, Uh, Paul Brown, Don Shula, Vince Lombardi, George Allen. I mean, I I interacted with these people, and uh, I noticed that they were all different. And uh, I had some coaches that that I I didn't particularly care the way that, that I interacted with them or the way they went about teaching. And with that uh, background and experience, my college coach was Woody Hayes, another great, great coach. But I got to build my own ideas of what I thought was right or what was wrong with with how I wish people would have treated me or did treat me. And I also learned one, one really important thing with all their different facets of personality, you're better off just being yourself. And uh, because uh, you can't be somebody else uh, 24-7, but you are going to be yourself every minute of every day. And uh, I just try to be the personality uh, that my parents and the home life that I had grown up instilled in me. And I made a little promise that if I, and I always wanted to be a coach, I was just going to treat Uh, our players the way i wanted to be treated when i was a player so if there's any magical formula which there isn't i just tried to treat them the way i wanted to be treated when i was a player and it worked for me
0: i want to go fast forward now to the date it'll be august 7th i believe you're going to have the opportunity to be on the stage you as a hall of famer it takes me back, Dick, to 2010, I believe. We were there and did a big special on you when you were inducted. And it, I don't know how emotional you are, but I'm pretty emotional. I cry at everything. And when I saw your players all show up with your jersey on, that I mean, was cool. That it was really like cool. It, it, it hits home. Like, you don't understand the respect factor until you see it like that with these young guys who can identify with you, but 59 consecutive years attached to, to football. You're going to have a chance to be on stage. How emotional will you be? And what did that moment mean to you in 2010?
1: Uh, that was a great moment in my life. Of course, the you know uh, career-wise to be you know inducted into the Hall of Fame that's got to be the the ultimate to anybody's career. But uh, I couldn't look over there at him. I saw him come in uh, and sit down. They were all sitting in a group to my left when, from the uh, podium, and I thought, well, that's that's really neat. But as came close to me to talk. I couldn't look over at him, or I would have started crying for sure. But uh, I just thought it was it was a great uh, a great example of of the Steelers and how they op they shut down training camp. Yep. Uh, for that, for that, it was fortunate enough. Fortunately for me, they were close enough. Uh, that they could get to Canton pretty relatively easy uh, from the training camp site. And, uh, they, they took the whole team. They took everybody. And, uh, I don't know uh, what coach could ever ask for any more honor than that. than to have his football team there when he's receiving an honor, it meant everything in the world to me. And, uh, it was emotional, and I couldn't look at them. <laughs> uh, as long as I kept my eyes, you know, there was a huge crowd there, as there probably will be this year, but maybe not quite so many because of the pandemic. But mm-hmm. uh, it's an it's a moment I'll never forget. And they all they were sitting over there waving the towels, and <laughs> it was it was great. And uh, without without the leadership of the Roonies and, and Coach Tomlin and that group that that permitted that to happen. Uh, I don't know that it would happen very many franchises. Let's put it that way.
2: Dick, what's the game plan for Troy's speech? Uh, you going to script the whole thing, practice it in the mirror? What's your strategy mm-hmm. when it comes to things like this?
1: I don't need a script to talk about Troy. Nice. i got I got a lot of years together with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I all I need is for them to tell me how long they want me to talk because I could <laughs> talk forever on Troy.
0: That's the ultimate compliment you could is. make. So this has been unbelievable that you took time for us. We appreciate it. Dick. But I'm going to get back to where we started and how you uh, at age 83 looked to be 43. I'm still deal. I do. Uh, you know, I put makeup. Bob, on. You look good. Look at. I'm, I wear makeup on, but I got. I, I want to do it without makeup. Dick, how you got to I-
2: see him in studio right now. The top button he broke it off. He's got all <laughs> kinds of chest hair showing. He's trying to yeah. look young.
1: How do I do it, Dick? <laughs> hey, have a good uh, set of jeans and, and take every day for what it's worth and, and value it and be grateful uh, for what you have and don't spend too much time worrying about what you don't have. And uh, my biggest thing is my mom and dad had great genes and they
0: passed them on to me. <laughs> Well, there's no question about that. And you also had a musical gene, which I've heard on your guitar. So uh that's mm-hmm. another part of the Dick LeBeau story. Dick, we really do appreciate the time and yeah, look thank forward you to so much. August the seventh. That's gonna be a wonderful day and I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Go Steelers, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dick. Thank you. Thank
2: you. See you. See you.
0: You've been listening to the Hometown Roofing Pomp and Pony Podcast. Hometown Roofing, put your trust in us and powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Join us each week for another Hometown Roofing Pomp and Pony Podcast.